Spurs have their new coach, and it is Ange Postacoglu. All right across, it in, and scores! And Madison can drive, and Son is in! So we're just going to do a quick special episode tonight, um, speaking to an Aston Villa fan and um, part of the Love McGrath pod. Uh, Neil, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks very much, guys, for having me on. No, thanks for joining. And Deej, how are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. Good. Um, I think everyone can guess the topic. We're, we've recently just announced that um, we have a new technical director, um, Johan Lang. Is that right? You might pronounce it better, Neil. <laughs> you corrected me earlier. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Johan Yo- Langer is how is how everybody, everybody I know has pronounced it, and everybody in uh, in other podcasts, full of podcasts. But I don't think I've ever actually heard him say his name. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll just go with Langer. I'll just yeah. say it's that um, until someone corrects us. But uh, yeah, it would just be like really interesting for us Tottenham supporters to understand maybe a bit about the history of the person that's taking over, seemingly from who we've got at the moment, Fabio Paratici. Um, like from our perception as fans, we've seen Villa go from being this huge, enormous club, you know, it was Spurs, Villa and Everton, where they seem to be those, the big three outside the big four, as it were. And then Villa just went through this unfortunate, like dive into the championship. And now they've come back and they seem to be going from strength to strength. And obviously every Spurs fans here are going to be saying, please say it's all because of Johan Langer, this miracle worker we've just signed. But maybe there's more to it. You, you've mentioned to us just before we start recording that. There's there's conflicting feedback on on things he's done at Villa. Do you want to tell us a bit about him and his time there? Yeah. So so firstly, I suppose when he came into the club was in 2020. So Villa had had their first season in the Premier League when he came into the club. Um, they had um, Patash uh, was was the the man at the helm, the the technical director, the director of football, whatever you want to call it, um, at Villa. And when Villa came up and bought those 11 or 12 players, likes of Douglas Luiz, Bjorn Engels, uh, Trezeguet, um, making Amaral Gazi's loan, um, a permanent a permanent deal. And when, when all those guys were under Patash um, at that period of time, um, Ezra Kanza as well was another person who came in under Patash. Patash got, got the road at the end of that year, not because he particularly did anything wrong per se, but um, I think that there might have just been conflict about where the club wanted to go um, and, and, and signings that wanted to be made. And then step forward, the man we're speaking about today, Johan Lange. So he comes into a club with Dean Smith, obviously, as the, as the manager at the helm. And uh, in his first off-season, he got... Um, I think Ali Watkins was, was his big ticket signing. Um, but what I would say about Johan Lange is Johan Lange... So you mentioned there that there was, there was conflicting... Um, kind of feelings towards him. And I think really it is. I think it's, for me, it took me a long long time to understand what his role was with the club. And that's not a negative. That's just because he had an overarching role at the club, essentially. We were going through, uh, like with Christian Perslow in there, and we had Johan Lange, and that's who it seemed to be were the two figureheads at the club. Um, but realistically, while he was tasked, and in the cold light of day, when I look back at it today after he left the club, I went, you know what, he's been tasked with more of a football administration job, uh, building structures. He brought the likes of, um, or he was instrumental in building up the, the youth system that we have at the moment, the scouting system, making it more robust, bringing in Rob McKenzie, who was with, uh, I've been reliably informed, was with Spurs previously that I didn't know, but obviously the man, Rob <laughs> McKenzie, who uh, who uh, unearthed Riyad Mahrez and, and, and Golo Kante for Leicester. And, and I had a tweet that went out 
um, actually, and a lot of people jumped on that thinking that that was Johan Langer, but it wasn't. I was still referencing Rob McKenzie in, in, in the secondary tweet. So in case anybody saw that, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was lost in translation. But the moral of the story here was that he was brought in at that period of time to bring a lot of stability. But I'd stayed up on the last day of the season with a draw, uh, with a draw at West Ham. We needed to push on, and in our next season we did. We finished eleventh, and uh, we had that wonderful start to the season, beating Liverpool seven two, and you know that great start under Dean Smith. But it did peter away afterwards. Obviously, nothing to do with him, but we had increased the, I suppose, the squad, uh, the the quality within the squad. So. Like you, you, you could get ten Aston Villa football fans in here on here, and you'd have three people who have one one set of opinions on him, three people who have another opinion on him, and three people who have another opinion on him. And it really, it really goes down to your basis of what did you actually think he did at the club. I firmly believe he was a very, very good football administrator. He was able to negotiate con- negotiate contracts, negotiate deals for players. And if a manager came to him and said, "I want this player," he was able to get it done. And we can see the proof is in the pudding of the likes of of uh, Ollie Watkins, who was an absolute Dean Smith darling, brought into the club, big money, took the risk, took the gamble, and and got him into the club. Stephen Gerrard then comes into the club. We see big money signings, or uh, the the big risk and gamble was Philippe Coutinho. Johan Langer didn't go and scout Philippe Coutinho and go, hmm, he's going to be a great addition to this club. He was told by Stephen Gerrard, this is a guy I want to bring to the club. Interesting. And Langer, Langer yeah. delivered again. You know, he delivered on that one too. So this is the picture I'm painting. And, 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 and it's not a narrative that I'm trying to spin. It's more so sitting back and looking at it. And I genuinely only, only realized that in the last couple of hours, probably how influential he was in getting deals over the line, as opposed to being the talent identifier. He let people do that job. He let Interesting. Them. He he wasn't a meddler. He left them to do that job, but he seemed to be the guy that got things over the line. Ah, uh, so he's he wasn't okay. So we don't want to mistake him for like kind of a chief scout role or as a talent identifier. He's much more of a I want X. Your job is to go get it, and he's the man who kind of does that piece of yeah. That. He obviously, oversees the scouting side of things, built the structures there underneath uh, with, with people underneath him. But at the end of the day, and he would have been monumental in, in the transfer committee if you want to call it that way but when you when you kind of distill it all down um you know and you look at the players that we've signed it's it's very much been a case of of uh scouting by committee and then it's been handed over to somebody to do the, to do the work but he's more of a structure builder and an administrator from my view looking back and seeing what he's what he's what he's um i suppose what he achieved at aston Villans, specifically the role that he went into after manchi joined was very much a, a structure builder and 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 a coordinator um, from, from that point of view, you know. So so uh, that that's where I think his 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 uh, skills lie. And big question for me, Deej, to know if you're feeling the same. How good is he at selling players? Because this is <laughs> Tottenham are constantly burdened with dead wood. We seem to be great at signing people at the moment and absolutely terrible at getting rid of players we we don't we no longer need, even if they're good. You think. Players to you outside, you might think like, surely it's easy to get rid of Hoiberg, Dyer, Loris. There's a home for them somewhere, but we just can't shift these kind of players. Is, is, have you got a track record of selling players as well? I'll tell you, I'll buy, I'll buy Hoiberg after you right now. I'll buy Matthew right now <laughs> this minute, so there's no problem there. Uh, so consider him gone. Does he have a track record in selling players? Mm, do Vaston Villa ever have a track record in selling players is, is, is probably the question. 
Um, I'm going to say his track record doesn't jump off the page to me. We've not, you know, obviously we got 100 million for Jack Grealish, but look, that's a generational talent that comes through the academy. Mm. And, and to be honest with you, I think that Christian Perslow stood, stepped in on that on the owner's behest to get in there because they were negotiating a new deal anyway. And I think Perslow just went in and goes, right, I'm going to milk this cow as far as I can get it. Mm. And uh, so I don't think he was solely responsible for that. But is he responsible for, well, for big, massive sales? I, 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 it's hard to know because Aston Villa haven't been very good at selling players anyway. And usually when we buy players, I think that there's no other club in Premier League history that have bought players like Aston Villa. They, the second you buy them, you have a 50 to 100% depreciation on, uh, on their value almost. And they have to build their value back up. Albeit we're now in a different situation now. But, up, but like recently, we've been very bad at selling players. We've had to leave, let a lot of players go on free 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 transfers. We've had to loan a lot of players out, get their wages off the books, as opposed to selling them. So I suppose to be honest with you, I'm probably going to say no. He hasn't been very good. But then again, the caliber of player we had were, you know, we were never going to really recoup an awful lot of money on some of the players we wanted to get rid of anyway. So um, it's probably chicken and egg side of things, and I don't think he's solely to blame for it. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's to This sounds really, really familiar to another club that I'm aware of. <laughs> it does sound like we're a, a match made in heaven in terms of of that then um and in terms of like did you feel the the stability now aston villa find themselves in is anything to do with the structure he might have set up in with inside uh, the club absolutely his legacy his legacy is being being a figurehead over three managers um, and when you bring in somebody like unai emery who has the end of the season like he has last season and you look at him and you go you really are going to be our cash cow. You know, you're going to be the, you're going to be the, the. It, it's going to be your show as long as you want it. Essentially, you have to give him Manchi. And then when Manchi came in, Yohan Lang's role was changed. So Yohan Lang was act, was doing Manchi's role. It was changed. The whole substructure or the whole structure even above him was changed. Perslow out, Chris Heck in, and we've had numerous different uh, appointments since. Uh, they've actually already uh, hired Yohan Lang as replacement as well. So I think this has been in the offering. This could have been mm. in the offering since since the, the, the summer. It really could have. Um, and I don't think this is like something that just came to agreement tonight. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, to answer your, your, your question, the structure very much, the structure at Aston Villa now is very much uh, in place. It's robust. It's lasted, lasted through three managers, as I say, Dean Smith, uh, Stephen Gerrard. And Stephen Gerrard brought in a pile of backroom staff. A pile, like... It, it costs nearly as much to 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 evict Stephen Gerrard's backroom staff as it did to evict <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. You know, so he brought in a ton of stuff, a ton of people with him, analysts and all this kind of stuff. But that's the one thing that Johan Langer will back a club with. He's very um, uh, modern, contemporary kind of methodologies. He does believe in data-driven scouting. He does believe oh, in interesting. Very much so, and I know Daniel Levy spoke about that in the off season for you guys. But does believe in that. He does believe in traditional methods of scouting. He believes in. He believes that if there's if there's a viewpoint or if there's a data point, you're better off having it. You're better off throwing it across the table and seeing it all in the cold light of day before you make your decisions. And very much so, he's he's done that with our um with our youth setup as well. Like we literally have gone West Brom 
and moved it to, uh, to over to the opposite side of uh, over uh, into the middle of Birmingham into into to, uh, to Bodymore, um, because we've taken literally every single one of our good talents, you know, since Mark Harrison came into the show. <laughs> but Lang has backed that, you know, about get, being really big and taking a gamble on young kids, bringing them in, and then also ele- allowing managers to elevate those to the to to the to the first team. First team. We're seeing, great. We're we're seeing that now with the likes of Omari Kellyman brought him in from Derby. Um, was it Derby or Sheffield United? I always get confused. I think it was Derby. And um, uh, he's played a couple of games for us this season. Uh, Jacob Ramsey obviously came up through the through the youth academy. And uh, yeah, and there's, there's, there's a couple of other players as well that have been knocking around the, our first team as well. So. Interesting. The, yeah. the timing, um, by the way, there's, there's, there's definitely something that's been in the offering because what happened with us is we signed a guy called Scott Munn who's meant to be that position above Langer, um, basically. But Daniel Levy gets this um, has a, a, a lot of criticism, a lot of um, uh, let's say people who want him out out the club, and blah blah blah, all that kind of is going on. The worst thing he could do for his own PR would be to be seen as choosing the technical director yeah. for Tottenham when we don't have um, a chief football officer in place. So what's happened is we had to wait for Scott Munn to start, who was on gardening leave from Man City. He started about a month ago, and I think it's a case of like. Let's give it a month to make sure everyone knows this was Scott Munn's selection and not Daniel Levy's choice in technical director. We all know Scott Munn's been working behind the scenes for the last three, four months. There's pictures of them, of Daniel Levy mm-hmm. and Scott Munn at airports and stuff, having coincidental coffees because they're on the same flight. What a coincidence. But um, yeah. Dee, did you have any uh, questions or thoughts so far? Yeah, I did a little bit of reading on him before um, earlier this week because I had we'd seen links to him. And everything that I've read has been really... Um, really good i guess for lack of better term um i read into a bit more of his time at uh, copenhagen as well because mm-hmm. um yeah because i figured that we would that jim would probably find someone from aston villa to give the insight <laughs> there so i figured i'd have to take one step back to bring anything new to the table uh so and i think that everything that uh we've heard so far has kind of been echoed at his time at uh, copenhagen he believes a lot in data-driven scouting. Uh, I saw a quote, or maybe it was paraphrased, but something about him setting like data-based parameters for players, and then once you narrow it down to like a short list, then you go scout the players in person, which I think mm. is probably the best way to use data-driven scouting, because obviously there isn't... Data is great, but at the end of the day, the eye test, you still have to pass the eye test, I think. Um, the, there are plenty DJ of great B. players. DJ, you you being a, a man from uh, from the United States, you'd be familiar with the NFL combine and so on and so forth. There's no, it's it's, and I know not everybody that goes to that is a perfect specimen. Well, they're perfect specimens. God, they, they're definitely perfect specimen in comparison to me, but they're not a perfect pick. But you know, like 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 with how NFL teams would scout players. You have certain wide receivers who need to run a certain uh, a certain speed. You have linemen who need to be able to to bench press X or have to be able to go through a tree crawl in a, in a certain system. That's like to me that is absolute like it's a no brainer that you would have a, a type of player or certain parameters. So well, and and what you're saying is true that uh, the likes of Mohamed Trezeguet that was um, was signed for Aston Villa was uh, I read a piece in that where he was signed. Obviously, because he was a, a decent player, but he was signed because of his uh, that 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 type of money ball approach, that that kind of inta- the the tangibles he could bring that you could see on the stat sheet, and then they obviously went and watched him and went, yeah, this guy could can cut it in the Premier League. And while he wasn't this outstanding, outstanding player, he kept us up 
in that very last season, in the, in the first season, should I say, that we were in the Premier League. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And who was, I guess, to be a good thing to finish off, who do you think was your best signing under Langer? Ooh, I suppose you have to go Ollie Watkins, don't you? I'm just plugging in I, my phone here. Apologies. I was, I was going to say, what about Emery? <laughs> yeah, because I guess yeah, that was his. Yeah, yeah. He chose the managers, right? Yeah, so you could yeah, say yeah, yeah. a poor appointment was um, was um, uh, Gerard, but Emery was a was a great uh, a great appointment, and so was Dean Smith in many in his own right. I think for what you needed yeah. at the time. So Smith, yeah. Smith was there already prior to prior to Langer, but uh, yeah, Emery, I, I think. I think Emery was probably picked by the man by the owners uh, and Perslow, truth be known, because I don't think Langer had uh, auspices on that. Um, but uh, I think I think best signing Ali Watkins probably closely followed by. It's hard to say whether he had a hand in Moose at the Abbey uh, currently, but oh, uh, Bubakar Kamara, free transfer. Definitely had to do an offload in the negotiations in that one. So I think Bubakar Kamara and, and Ali Watkins for certain. And actually, to one more, as he's responsible for bringing players in, in in some regard, like does he tend to move early in transfer windows or late in transfer windows all over? Like yes, <laughs> early, early for sure. Early. We've done a lot okay, of our good. business early in transfer. Like don't be expecting anything deadline day. But then again, he's the he he he's the guy who puts the work in there and and then allows people to do it. To, to uh, like he he push the button when the button button needs to be pushed. So whether that was a managerial decision or whether it was a uh, a board decision whereby we do all our business early is 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 yet to be known. Interesting. Well, thanks, Neil. I hear your little ones okay. awake, so I'll let you get yeah. back. But um, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, if no you worries. enjoyed the pod, check out Love McGrath Pods if you're if just a general football fan. Um, and thank you, Neil, for for joining. Yeah, Deej, I guess the up the Spurs is down to us too, unless you had any final comments. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I think that the one thing that I found that was interesting um, about the way that uh, Langer sets up his I guess, scouting network is that it does still leave room for someone, a particular criminal of ours to have input. <laughs> um, because for as much as I hated the way that he looked at managers, I guess the most recent one was okay. Uh, as much as I hated the way he looked at managers, man, he knows how to find young talent and that, that is invaluable. I mean, just his, he's made so many good signings for us and I don't, I'm glad that he's potentially staying on in a consultancy role. Obviously, we'll have to see in the future, but it does sound like, given that Langa isn't necessarily, is more based around setting up a good scouting network and setting up a good data-driven approach, which is something that it sounds like we've already tried to do, that someone who is more, quote-unquote, in the weeds with players specifically uh, would definitely still have a place to be as like a consultant. So uh, hopefully we get to see a bit more of our favorite Italian stallion. Yes, yeah, it will be. Uh, it will be second favorite. Although I would say it you. I would say though, one thing on Pratchy is getting a lot of praise at the moment for his transfers, and quite rightly so, because the vast majority are exemplary at the moment. But there is a little bit of me that says they're partly exemplary because bigger picture, Ange is the best man to take a lot of young players. But that's okay. He probably was involved in choosing Ange as well. So I've got to give credit there too. But he did desperately want Traore. <laughs> he desperately. did desperately want Traore. I think, so that is, I think we, give him, we give him only, he's only allowed to look at players below the age of 23. I think yes. that's what we have to tell him. He's a, that's a good idea, but it's fantastic. He sounds like the right man. He's data driven. He likes signing youth. He's going to focus on building the academy up even more. 
um, and he backs the manager with what the manager wants. So it sounds like even though Gerard was, it sounds like an owner's pick for Aston Villa because it was like the big fancy name, let's bring in Gerard and make us look great. He went and backed Gerard regardless if he thought it was the right appointment or not. Um, and that's what I guess you want. You don't want them doing anything else. So we've always played about Spurs fans. You've always, even when it was Conte, wanted him backed. Now it's Andrew, <laughs> want him backed. So, but um, I guess up the Spurs from there, Deeds, just a mini episode of us two tonight. Plus, up the Spurs. Again, Neil. Up the Spurs. Spurs have their new coach and it is Ange Postacoglu. All right across, deflected in and Salah scores! And Madison can drive and 